Welcome to Done With Debauchery, a sobriety and wellness podcast where you'll hear honest experiences about navigating life and relationships without alcohol, how to pursue your own personal wellness journey, and share intimate conversations with special guests. I'm your host, Keisha Scott. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Done With Debauchery. Guys, we've officially made it through Christmas. I made it through my first sober Christmas, and we're in the final stretch of 2022. I have so much I want to tell you about how my first sober Christmas went, what I'm most excited for in 2023, and I want to chat with you about dry January and why I think it's such a good idea for those who may be sober curious or questioning their relationship with alcohol. So here's what we're going to do. Today, you're getting a conversation between myself and a special guest, and on Saturday, December 31st, I'm going to drop into your feed one more time for the final podcast episode of 2022, and that's when I'll share all the details about my Christmas, dry January, and what you can expect from Done With Debauchery in 2023. My special guest this week is David Thompson. David is the president and co-founder of ClearSips, which is an Ontario-based importer, distributor, and retailer of non-alcoholic spirits, wine, beer, cider, and ready-to-drink beverages. You guys are going to love David. He and his family founded ClearSips in 2022 and run the business together. Through being sober for nine years himself, David has seen the evolution of the non-alcoholic beverage industry from his position as a non-drinker, but also through his career as the owner of a wine agency. His perspective is unique. He shares how alcohol became a significant part of his life, how his wife's decision to give up alcohol sparked his own internal conversations about alcohol and its place in his life, and what it was like getting sober while working in the alcohol industry. David and his family are some of the nicest people you will ever meet. And if you're in the GTA, you actually have a chance to meet them in the next two weeks. ClearSips is hosting a dry January non-alcoholic wine and spirits tasting on Sunday, January 8th in Burlington, Ontario. You'll have a chance to actually connect with the ClearSips team, get some expert advice on the best non-alcoholic wines and spirits to try, and an option to actually try them before you buy them. If you're new to the non-alcoholic drink space or you're already familiar with what you like, this is just a really good opportunity to try new options that have been carefully selected by David and his team. I'll definitely include the link to get more information and buy tickets in the show notes. But with that, let's get into it. Hello, David. Welcome to Done With Debauchery. Well, thank you very much for having me. How's your day been so far? Pretty good. Pretty good. We went out for a nice long walk. Beautiful uh, day out there. It's always nice to move, get some fresh air, get some fresh oxygen. And and uh, yeah, how about yourself? Mine's been good. It is a little chilly here today. So we're both in Ontario. You are in Burlington, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. 
Perfect. So I'm in Toronto. So we're not, we're kind of neighbors. On the lake. <laughs> yes, yes, a beautiful. So it is so great to have you here today and to be chatting with you again. We actually had the pleasure of meeting in person a few weeks ago at the Clear Sips pop-up shop that you were, you and your family were doing at Stacked Market. That's right. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was eye-opening and we met tons of people and, and, uh, it was a really good opportunity because there's not a lot of not a lot of chance to taste you know good non-alcoholic beverages out there in the market so a lot of people are kind of experimenting online if they've gone to the, they go to the grocery store first and you know typically aren't satisfied uh there and you know so i've talked to a lot of people that you know experiment on some pretty expensive products online and sometimes it's a win and sometimes it isn't but you know, it was a really good opportunity. People seemed very appreciative. Yeah, it was so busy when I was there. I saw so many posts on Instagram of everybody stopping by. So I love to see that. And like what you said is bang on. Like the grocery store is giving non-alcoholic drinks such a bad rap. Like yeah. the wines that you pick up there are terrible. And when you're looking online, a lot of until you started Clear Sips, there wasn't really an option for us here in Ontario that didn't involve placing like a hundred dollar or hundred and fifty dollar minimum, which can feel like intimidating when you don't know exactly what you're getting. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you know, we hope that people don't stop at the grocery store. Like, you know, I'm sure there are some people who said, you know, I guess that's never going to be in the cards for me, but. You know, we certainly saw lots of people who who continued the journey, which is great to see, continued mm -hmm. the search. And we kept our, at Clear Sips, we keep our minimum, you know, pretty low. Um, I think we're one of the lowest in Canada, just for that reason, because we want people, we don't want it to be so intimidating for somebody to, try, you know, try something they may not have tried before. So yeah and that's what was so fun about coming into your pop-up shop was you made it a full-on experience i went with one of my girlfriends and we were just coming in to see what you were up to pick up a couple of bottles and you made this full tasting experience for us that was so much fun yeah you... I, I enjoyed that for sure <laughs> And you were so knowledgeable. So based on what our palettes were, what we were looking for, you had like three options. You made us a gin and tonic. Like it was so fun. So, well, it's a good example of you know, um, you know what's available now. You know, mm -hmm. you know compared to you know even two years ago or five years ago. You know, you can go into any almost all categories and find some really nice options in spirits and wines and ready to drink and beers. You know, so it's uh, things have changed significantly in a in a short period of time. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, so I definitely want to get into Clear Sips and what your family is doing in the non-alcoholic space. But before that, um, I would love to start by just getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, can you share a little bit about who you are, what your life looked like before getting sober, before Clear Sips? Well, sure. Um, you know, I, I I observe out there in in the recovery world and the sober world that in some cases it's almost people people are almost competing for you know who had the lowest bottom, you know, mm. before they before they gave up alcohol. You know, my story isn't you know isn't really that dramatic. Um, very typical small town. You know, uh, we drank a lot. You know, in high school, and that went into you know on into university. 
Um, you know, and, and, you know, actually when we, when I was first married in my mid twenties, my drinking actually went down quite a bit. We were very kind of normal, uh, I would say normal drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you start to, I think there's, there's a link between aff- not affluence, but you start to make a little bit more money. You have a little bit more disposable income. And I think you start, if you enjoy wine, like we did, you know, you start to spend a little bit more. And so it's it probably started to go up. almost. Yeah, well, exactly. And it actually did become that because um, in my 30s, you know, I worked for corporations that had quite, quite good entertainment budgets. So I had my first opportunity to really go out and purchase some, you know, a lot better wine than I would, you know, typically buy for myself. And that, that went on for a decade of entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I really, at that point, kind of that cemented my my love of wine. Um, and uh, in my 40s, it's when I started my wine agency, Vintage Trade. And, you know, my first trip was to um, uh, West Australia um, to find, because I had done some research showing that there wasn't much, much of that available in our market. And um, so I just went and I just, you know, went to wineries and said, this is what I want to do for a living now. And, you know, some of them put their trust in me. And I, anyway, I was able to start my, my agency. And so during my forties, really, I just basically traveled the world looking for, for wine. And so, you know, in doing that, it becomes more and more central in your life. It's what you do for a living. It's what you do when you relax. It's what, you know, so I noticed that through my forties, you know, my drinking started to increase quite a bit. And I guess towards my late forties, whereas I used to be more interested in wine than alcohol, there was a transition and almost mm. 180 degree turn to, it almost became, I was more interested in the, in the alcohol than the wine. And that was kind of towards the, the late forties. And I started to have more kind of internal conversations with myself about alcohol and what, what, my, what my relationship was with it. And you know, you start to play, you know, some games with yourself, you're not going to drink on Mondays, you know, and so, you know, these, these conversations, you know, started and then, you know, in my early 50s, my wife, Margaret decided to give up alcohol. And, um, you know, and that's, that's really difficult. You know, I think that in a, in a couple situation where one person quits and the other person doesn't, I I think that's challenging in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I certainly, it kind of put the spotlight on my own drinking at that point when I was drinking alone. And yeah. so that's, a, that was a big difference. And um, I remember the night, it was a Sunday night. I was having that conversation with myself. I said, I'm not going to drink tonight, you know, and, you know, lo and behold, I go down, I get the uh, bottled Napa Valley cab that I, that I knew I had down there that I was you know wanting to try, ended up drinking the bottle that night. And in the morning I woke up and I said, that's it. So it's, it's kind of like, it becomes like, who's controlling who, you know, are you controlling your alcohol or is the alcohol, you know, has the alcohol become to control you, you know, and that's, I think my breaking point where I said, I don't want to have that relationship anymore with, with this. So that's, that's when I stopped. And that was uh, about almost nine years ago. Wow. So, yeah. And congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, following that, your life changes dramatically in lots of ways, but, you know, we can talk more about that if you want, but didn't know whether you wanted to, to talk about something else at the, at the moment <laughs> or what? Well, I think it was like, I just do want to go back to one thing you said and about 
how your drinking changed from being about wine to being about the alcohol. And that's something that I think so many people can relate to. In the beginning, it often starts like as a really fun thing. It's a way to connect with people in your life. For me, it was a large part of my working relationships. I'm coming from the real estate industry. We would always go out for dinners and drinks and to basketball mm -hmm. games. And the focus would be alcohol. And I got to the point where I wasn't looking forward to seeing all of these people. I was looking forward to what am I going to drink tonight? Like, what am I going to get to try? Like, how drunk am I going to get? And yeah. for me, that was a really pivotal point as well. So I definitely relate to what you said there. Yeah. And, you know, and and if you're if you're an introvert, it, it makes it difficult because alcohol is that social lubricant that helps you relax mm -hmm. when you're out with people, when you're being social. So you know, um, that, that also makes it, makes it difficult. And, and part of what you look forward to when you are drinking and you know, you're going out is that first drink, yeah. you know, and that first, that first drink, as we all know, is, you know, the Nirvana, you get about a 20 minute, you know, nice little buzz after your first drink. And for me anyway, you know, you spend kind of the rest of the night kind of searching for that first 20 minutes yeah. and you never, and you never find it again. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And so your wife is sober as well. Uh, and I know that you have two daughters. You run Clear Sips as a family. And yeah. one of so I read online that three out of four of you are sober and the fourth is sober curious. Yeah, so we do that. We did that kind of on purpose because, you know, um, so now we're going back, you know, to kind of a year ago when we're kind of you know, creating the company and looking for products. Um, you know, at that point, I may have, I might've been a little bit, a little bit concerned about, you know, I'm a wine agent. I'm known in the wine community. You know, what would that look like if I were sober, you know, and I had those kinds of thoughts. So we, we purposely made it, you know, obscure so that you didn't know which family member was, was sober curious or not, you know, not yeah. completely, not completely sober. Yeah. Yeah. So that was on purpose. But since then, you know, I, I have no uh, I have no issues at all with my I'm, I'm proud of my sobriety. And and, um, you know, I, and I think now, thank thankfully, I think that, you know, it used to be that you were a pariah if you didn't drink. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was so much focus on you and people would say, hey, what's going on? Why aren't you drinking? And, you know, you're leaving the club and all this stuff. And. You know, and now I think that we're, we're I think we're starting to progress a little bit into, you know, just a more of a an acceptance that you know somebody might not drink, or somebody drinks. I at least I hope so. I, at least I hope we're yeah. moving that way. Yeah, I hope so too, and I think so. It there's I think at least in some circles there's a little bit less shame around the decision not to drink, and we're not really asking those same questions of well, are you an alcoholic? It's just it's a lifestyle choice now for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, I think that like creating the conversation and having options like clear sips is just like making that choice so much easier. Yeah. Um, so sure. I guess just to clarify for the listeners, clear sips is your family owned business, you're Ontario based and you're dedicated to bringing premium, great tasting, non-alcoholic drinks to Canadians. That is, that is correct. Yeah. It's separate. It's a separate company and that's, that is um, exactly what we're trying to do. And really the, um, 
you know, if I look at the general, you know, the concepts of, well, for example, why did we start ClearSips? Mm-hmm. I think is is um, you know when we when we stopped drinking almost nine years ago, there were no options back then, like like literally nothing. We just basically we just we just gave up, you know, looking for anything anything because nothing was there. So we would, yeah, you know, you have your sparkling waters, your Perrier, and all that kind of stuff. If you went out to a restaurant, you might get a mocktail or if you were really celebrating like a cranberry soda, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so, so my wife has a, a coaching business of uh, helping women um, who have decided to remove alcohol from their lives. And actually one of her clients about a year ago said, you know, there's a whole bunch of things happening out there in the world on the non-alcoholic side um, that, you know, you and, and, or your husband should look into because, you know, he's, we, I, she knew I was a wine agent, and um, so, you know, we started talking about it and all of a sudden we could see the light come on that even for us now there, there were so many more options out there and I could kind of mirror my, my wine agency looking for suppliers in the same way. It was very comfortable for me to go search for suppliers. And so I use the same rigor that I would, you know, on, on the agency side um, and to go find some really world-class uh, um, producers Mm-hmm. of non-alcoholic beverages so that's kind of what happened is it just we kind of realized that there's it's so it's changed so much you know and for again for me personally one of the things that i really enjoy about our products is now i'm nine years sober right so um is the whole ritual around you know opening a bottle of wine i mean for decades i opened wine and drank wine out of a nice you know a wine glass and shared it with my wife and and I can do all that again I can yeah. do all of that again and it brings back some really comfortable memories you know and we're choosing a white or a red or a sparkling or you know and so that for me was was great uh, that's a that was a real plus you know for us so where you know my samples on the agency side were you know cu- you know harming me <laughs> Mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, because I, you know, I had open samples all the time from all my tastings and, you know, I, I had to try everything that came in. So there's always, yeah, we don't want to waste it either. <laughs> well, I don't want to waste it. That's right. So it's gone from that to these samples, which, you know, do no harm and just, you just enjoy. So it's been a yeah. great transition from that point of view, for sure. That's amazing. And so what was the process like of bringing Clear Sips to life? Were you worried about the response it would have in the market? Or were you pretty confident that like, this is something that people are looking for? I was, I was pretty confident because if you go, you know, if you go to Europe, or you go to other areas of the world, it seems like almost everyone out there is more is further, further ahead on the non-alcoholic side than Canada is Canada and the US. Yeah and Europe at least three to five years ahead of us. So that's actually where, you know, I found a lot of products was in, you know, looking in Europe. And um, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, it, it crossed my mind that, that I would wonder whether, you know, the same customer that I had on the wine side might question the non-alcoholic side, but in reality, I mean, I sell now, I've got, you know, I've got, um, sales reps out on, you know, that have been calling on restaurants for 20 years that now they're taking two orders. They're taking one out, you know, one, yeah, one wine order and, and, and a, and a clear sips order. So whatever fears I had, I don't believe are founded and, and, you know, 
frankly, if somebody if, if, if somebody has an issue with it, that's that's their issue. It's not my issue. A hundred percent. So that's amazing. I'd love to hear that the same companies that you're in restaurants you're working with are now also adding the non-alcoholic options to their menu. Did you feel like there was like a little bit of a dichotomy for you when you were first running vintage trade, selling wines and spirits, now starting this non-alcoholic, um, yeah. I guess, non-alcoholic alcohol company? What would you call yeah, it? Yeah, well, non-alcoholic beverages. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess I would, I would likely have more felt that if I were not sober. Mm-hmm. So if I were, you know, it would then look to, in my own mind, I'm just saying I, it would then to me, I could see how people would say, well, you're just trying to capitalize on an opportunity. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're on the wine side, you know, and you're, you're just trying to capitalize. And so, you know, I don't, I don't believe that is not how we, that, that's not how we came to this. We came to it honestly, because I'm, because I don't drink. So these, these products had real appeal to me. And I hope that, you know, I have, uh, when someone looks at it, they, they see that there's, um, you know, a genuineness, you know, about, about our path to get here, you know? And I can confirm that you see it like coming into stock market, I got to meet you and your wife, Margaret, and one of your daughters. And it was just like, this like instant connection, this instant passion that you all really cared about what you were doing. I could tell just by your knowledge of the products. It's not like you just randomly chose these things and were like, yeah, buy them. This is popular now. You have like a genuine passion and also like the palate to to be the expert. Yeah. Well, we we said no to a lot of products. And, you know, and um but there is something for everyone out there. Like just because I didn't say yes to a product doesn't mean that there wouldn't be people that mm. would that would like that product. I mean, it's like it's like anything. It's like um, art, uh, or you know, nobody can really tell you that you know what you should be enjoying or how much you should be enjoying something. And so it's you know it's a bit of a search that way. People have real like at Stack Market. There were a lot of people that were coming in, buying for somebody else and saying you know. They were having trouble because it because they in, in essence were trying to taste something and and figure out whether their partner would would like it or not and that's a really <laughs> you could see how difficult yeah. that was for people to do because how do you know you know how do you how do you know yeah yeah just like I guess if you were to give someone a bottle of wine you don't know if they're gonna like it but true enough. So what was it like for you getting sober while running a wine and spirits company? Yeah, initially, um, you know, for the first, I would say, couple of years, it was more it was more difficult because when you, you know, there's a whole, you know, when you visit your suppliers and you you go to their vineyards. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I suppose initially there's, you know, it's a very kind of kind of exciting thing to do. It's you're going to new new countries and you're meeting people and, you know, they want to. They obviously they're very proud of their product and there's always entertaining. I mean, that's, you know, there's, so it was very dicey actually in the beginning because um, being newly sober is the most difficult time. It's it's the Mm -hmm. time that first 12 months, at least for me was, was, you know, constantly being triggered, you know, because you haven't even gone through a season yet, you know, sober. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at your seasons in a year, for example, and you, you have to go through each of those things 
once, you know, without alcohol to, to have experience yet. And then the next time it happens, you know, so there's a period of time where it's, where it's difficult. So, you know, I'd be at a winery and, you know, they'd be wanting me to drink and I was uncomfortable, you know, telling them that I wasn't drinking. And so there's a lot of stealth drinking going on, you know, you, you know what I mean yeah. by that, obviously. Yeah. Right. And, and we saw lots of people at stock market, like the, we had a couple they came in and she was pregnant and they hadn't told their friends yet. And so they were looking for a non-alcoholic white wine. And what they did, they came back in to buy more. Actually, they said, we poured your non-alcoholic wine into a, an empty alcohol bottle. <laughs> and we served that to everybody, you know, and nobody said a thing. And we were able to keep our secret. <laughs> they served so it to was, all their guests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So there was a lot of that early on, you know, of, of deking and pretending to drink and all this stuff. And it was, it was difficult, but um, that's the hardest part is when you're with your suppliers. Yeah. And it's almost like you're being tested every day that you go up to work. They're like, are you really firm in this decision? Like, it's yeah. almost like I can feel that being very overwhelming. Yeah. But like it's hard enough just existing, going to a restaurant and not, not having a drink. Versus sure. doing it every day for work. And plus I'm an introvert. So <laughs> add, you know, in before that I would have had drinks and, you know, I would have relaxed and become more extroverted and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, for many reasons, it, it, it is difficult at that, at that beginning part. But as far as tasting wine, um, you know, even, even when I was drinking, you, like when I go to a professional wine show, like Provine in Germany, I go every year in March, you know, you're tasting a hundred wines a day. You know, yeah. you never, you're never swallowing. Like, you know, when you're professionally tasting, you're, you're spitting, yeah. which, you know, when I go to, when we have our own wine tastings for, you know, people to come, nobody's comfortable spitting. So people actually drink quite a bit at wine tastings because they're, they're not comfortable with, with spitting into a spittoon. But, you know, when you do it kind of for a living, so that part wasn't hard. And that's, that's remained the same. I taste hundreds of wines a year and, you know, no problem, no problem yeah. with that. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So for Clear Sips, uh, right now you are primarily an online retailer. Are are you going to do any more pop ups in the future? Or will it be another opportunity? I, I hope so. We're, we're talking, you know, we're talking about maybe something in January. Um, you know, um, it's I mean, I, I can, you know, the, just the experience we had at the pop up was so good. I mean, we, we met lots of people who we only had an online relationship with, you know, from mm -hmm. Toronto and, and the area. We had people drive in from Burlington and we're from Burlington <laughs> and they came, to, drove to Toronto to see us in Toronto, <laughs> you know. I love it. So, yeah. So that, that part was really good. And and the, the, the beautiful thing is that you don't get online is you hear people's stories, you know, and, you know, everybody's everybody's got a story. And I found that you know, people are a lot more interested in in what they can find to drink from a non-alcoholic point of view than they are on the alcohol side. Mm -hmm. Like people are, you know, people are are motivated, you know, to find alternatives, you know, and they all come from from different. They all come in different directions to get to stack, for example, to get to stack market that day to try non, you know, a non-alcoholic yeah. alternative, you know, and yeah. so many stories, so many stories, so many, so many pathways, really. 
Truly. And the thing is, alcohol is easy. You can get it anywhere. So finding these non-alcoholic options that are not only like high quality, but also high flavor, high value, just like a delicious experience is so rare. So I, I understand why everyone in Ontario kind of flock to you for those yeah. two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. So yeah, I think I think we've learned that, you know, connecting personally with our customers is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. It just it becomes a matter of, you know, finding the right venue and so on and doing that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but our online has been very brisk. You know, our one of our main, um, you know, our main messages out there and was backed up by meeting people personally is even if you even if you're um, even if you drink and even if potentially you might be looking for something, say you want to blend, we call it blending on an evening where you might have some non-alcoholic stuff and some alcoholic stuff to, to lower your overall intake of alcohol. Maybe you're driving or, you know, for whatever sure. your personal reason is, um, are, but everybody knew somebody, it didn't matter who you were like a hundred percent of the time, everybody knew somebody that they thought could benefit and would enjoy a non-alcoholic alternative. And so that's, that's one of our, that's it's a big theme with our company about being inclusive you know whether you're a restaurant whether you're having people over you know at a typical christmas party you know maybe i'll speak for me you know i used to spend a lot of time okay i'm picking really good wines red and white and maybe some you know sparkling options and you you spend a lot of time there and at the end of it when you're out shopping you say oh shoot what, i got to pick up something in case somebody's not drinking and you're you know so you might mm. do a you know pick up some perrier or some pop or something but it's always it's an afterthought oh it's half a percent of 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 the time you spent you know mm -hmm. on the alcohol side and so what we're trying to you know to really um focus on is you know think ab about those people who are coming who already probably feel uncomfortable because 95% of the time they're not thought about. So they're walking around with a Diet Coke or, you know, a Perrier and a normal glass mm -hmm. or whatever, and feeling, you know, like probably people are looking at them or whatever. It's just feeling more conspicuous. Um, if you had came to a table, can you imagine you come to a Christmas party on one side, you've got all the alcohol options on the other side, you've got all the non-alcoholic options, sparkling wine, red and white, maybe you've got a non-alcoholic beer, you know, and then you're just making your choice and you walk around and you're at one with the party yeah. at that point. You're just, you're, you're totally included. So we think it's really important to just to spend a couple more minutes and think about that person who doesn't drink, who's coming to your home or to your restaurant and make them feel included and comfortable and let, you know, if you're, if you're rejoicing about something, let them raise a glass, just like everybody else, you know? And um, yeah, so that's, that's a main theme with, with us is that inclusive inclusivity. Yeah. And it makes such a difference and can honestly like change the entire trajectory of the night. Like all of a sudden I'm going to automatically be more comfortable. I'm going to want to stay a little bit longer because I'm not just sipping a water all night, like counting the minutes until I can go home. Right. Exactly. That's amazing. So are most of the products that you're selling 0.0% or are there some that are in that 0.5% range? Well, um, you know, in, in Canada and the US, the, the, the rules, um, the labeling rules say um, you have to be less than 0.5 to be considered non-alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, so 
you know, in most um, most wines, non-alcoholic wines, if they were if they were fermented to begin with before having the alcohol removed, it's it's fairly it's not impossible, but it's fairly difficult to get to zero point zero. So there's always going to okay. be a trace, but it's you know it can be point one, it can be it can be half a point, you know it can you know it can be very 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 tiny percentage. But mm-hmm. legally, you can have up to 0.5 if, uh, if, you know, and still be called non-alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there is a little bit of a conversation um, sort of in the sober community about those really low trace percentages where some people, I guess it's with anything, everyone's going to have a different opinion, but some people are very against that. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, um, so, there's, so there's lots of other options. So if you go into, um, you know, if you go into our ready to drink like Edna's, um, you know, they, they never had alcohol to begin with. So you could easily mm-hmm. make, you could have a non, you know, non-alcoholic cocktail, um, you know, and, and have, you know, 0.0 if that, if you felt strongly about that. We also have a brand called Zira, which is made by Pierre Chavin, which is a non-fermented wine. And so they, they do everything except add the yeast. So they're mixing everything together. They've got grape must and they're, they've picked the fruit and they're, they're going to press it and they're going to, they're, they make, they make a wine, but they don't ferment it. So it never had alcohol in the, in the first place. Oh. And so that's a brand that we carry just for that reason. If somebody, you know, is, is adamant that it's, it's a 0.0, then we've got a sparkling Chardonnay and a Chardonnay for them. Um, and then you can go to, you know, our, our ready to drink options mm-hmm. that don't have any alcohol in them. Yeah. So it's not just wine. There's actual like ready to drink cocktails, mocktails, um, as well as spirits that are 0.0. So you can make like that virgin gin and tonic. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. And so as we are approaching dry January, we're just making it through the holiday season. We're going to see a surge of people opting to abstain and probably really reaching for alcohol-free options. Um, For me personally, dry January is actually what sort of started my path down sobriety. It was um, January 2021. I committed to doing dry January. It was my first time in a long time taking any kind of break from drinking. And it really just kind of sparked that interest that like, okay, there is more to life. I don't have to feel like this all the time. Um, but so with dry January coming up, I'm sure that clear sips is going to be on the mind of a lot of people. Do you have any recommendations of non-alcoholic options or for wine spirits, the ready to drinks, something that's like low barrier for people wanting to experiment? Yeah. I mean, we'll have some, you know, we, we always try to come up with some interesting, um, you know, kind of like a starter kit. You know, mm-hmm. that gives a nice variety to people without being, you know, we try to target around 75 bucks because that gets you free shipping, you know, so we kind of build it to that, that point to make it the most kind of um, cost effective. And, you know, so look, you know, maybe look out for those and that's a great option. It'll give you some, some, you know, non-alcoholic wines and maybe some beers and some um, ready to drink options. And it's a great way to try out some products mm-hmm. in a kit form you know, that you don't have to, you know, that you don't have to spend a lot of money to try. And so we find that people, people tell us that that's a great way to, um, you know, to, you get one or two of something. And then, you know, if you really like something, you can come back and order more of that product. So it's kind of like a win-win you get to, 
you know, try it out. And, um, you know, if you really like it, then you, then you know something, you have some confidence online that's what you're ordering, you know, you like. So, you, you, you know, so that makes people more comfortable for sure. A little sampler. You're not committing to like six of these non-alcoholic beers. You can get one or two in the pack, try them, see if they click with your palate and go from there. Exactly, exactly. But we have, um, we've got some, um, some new products coming in. We're, we've got a new Napa Valley brand that's arriving next week uh, called Luminara. And uh, they've, they've done a great job. So this, this winery has been around, they've been doing non-alcoholic wines for a long, long time. And uh, so they, they have a lot of experience. And so, you know, just based on my wine experience, I know that when I, when I, when I smell, when I put my, we call it, when I nose the wine, um, you know, they've totally nailed all the Napa Valley qualities that you would come to expect. Um, there's some oak. There's, and it's just unmistakable Napa Valley, both on the, on the red, um, on the, it's mostly Cabernet. It's about, I think it's 75 or 80% Cabernet. And then there's also a Chardonnay, which is slightly oaked as well. So it's just a classic example of uh, Napa. And that's really nice to have. Like in an ideal world, I would take all the things I look for on my, on the wine side, you know, like a New Zealand, you know, Sauvignon Blanc and what people are looking for on the wine side. Mm -hmm. And I, I would love to replicate that on the non-alcoholic side, you know, so that you went on a wine list and you could find not non-alcoholic options, you know, everywhere in all the regions of the world where you, where you like your wine coming from too. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. So some new, some new, new things for sure coming up. I will definitely be keeping my eyes peeled. Last night, I opened up one of the wines I purchased from you at the pop-up. Um, and it was the one, I can't recall the name of it. It's L apostrophe. Um, it's almost like a Sauvignon Blanc. It's a white. Yeah, Larjol. Yeah, it's Larjol. Larjol. Yes, I, was, I knew I wasn't going to be able to pronounce it properly. That's okay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It is That's the okay. best non-alcoholic white that I've ever tried. It For me, the tasting notes are so similar to a Sauvignon Blanc. Like, it is bang on. I remembered loving it when I tried it with you, and I was, like, not wanting to open it because I only have one. But, like, yeah. last night I finally cracked, so... I will have to be placing another order soon. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's interesting that you picked that wine because in, when we were, when we were searching for wines last winter, that was, and we taste, you know, we taste everything blind. So we, mm -hmm. um, that was the first wine that I said, Oh my God, this is Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And maybe, and I, I thought maybe something else, but I wasn't sure, but for sure. Um, I thought that this is the first non-alcoholic wine that I could identify the varietal you know, before knowing what it was. Yeah. So really interesting. And it does have Viognier, which, you know, is a little bit more floral and, you know, um, and you can, you can for sure. And it's got actually more Viognier than Sauvignon Blanc, but it's the real, it's the Sauvignon Blanc that really comes out in that wine for sure. Yeah. It almost like teleported me back to drinking an actual wine, which was something I was not, ex I was not expecting, but oh, and, in a good way. And so you've just, it's just been a year for you. Uh, I'm just at 10 months. Yeah. 10 so months. Okay. I did my first stint um, of January, 2021. And then I did kind of a flip flop between drinking and sobriety. And then it was this year, February was when I finally um, said no more. So I just okay. hit 10 months. So you're going through that first year of new kind of experiences without alcohol. I am. And like, 
there's been ups and downs for the most part. It has been great. Um, I feel I'm really lucky that my friends and my social circle is very supportive. I have girlfriends picking up spark like sparkling waters, olipops, like any kind of like little non-alcoholic treat they see for me. So yeah. that has been great. Um, I recently celebrated my first sober birthday, which nice. was probably nice. the best birthday I've had in like 10 years. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the benefits are just so vast. And and yeah, I mean, when you are when you when you do make that transition, and and you really not a not a 30 day transition, mm -hmm. I hate to say it. I mean, I totally encourage 30 day, you know, without drinking. But yeah. when you when you when you go longer, it's really when you when you see all the benefits that come, you know, from not drinking. So that's great. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> congratulations that's it that's that first year is it's Thank got you. some bumps for sure <laughs> definitely but for the most part it's been good i'm about to do my first sober christmas uh, as we're recording this it's coming up so but i i'm feeling good about it like and i have the red wine that i picked up from you that i'm planning on bringing to the holiday dinner like i feel prepared and i don't feel that temptation because what i have is actually more delicious than yeah. the alcoholic options well, let's hope that, you know, where people go this year, maybe, maybe people have inched a little bit forward in thinking about people like us that aren't drinking, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and I hope that, you know, that everyone out there that it's are in the same boat, either, you know, bring something yourself so you can put something in your glass or, you know, um, hopefully the host has thought of you. Yeah. And I think that's just the reality too, is that we have to come prepared because, in, in not all situations is there going to be something there so having those options having maybe more than we think we're going to need to to get through that experience yeah yeah i mean just i was at a family dinner about i don't know a couple of months ago and there were some you know older friends of the family that were there we only brought because because anyway there wasn't anything we brought what we were going to have mm -hmm. um and uh i think we you know, like we just brought like a bottle or two or something and like five people there all they wanted to do is drink what we brought so we had we had we basically <laughs> yeah. didn't have enough for ourselves that night but it's just a small indication that that people you know and restaurateurs need to know this too when i said we're selling to restaurants it's still an uphill journey mm -hmm. it is it is difficult they are very alcohol centric um but if you have something for people you'll be amazed at how many people well, like the option, like there's yeah. this, this, this argument that the restaurant will use is, well, I don't see, I don't see a, a, much of a demand for it. Well, you don't see much of a demand for it because you don't offer anything, mm -hmm. you know? So people who are looking at a menu, do you think they're going to take the time to say, Hey, like, could you bring in a non-alcoholic sparkling wine? Like, I really would have enjoyed that if that were an option. Like, nobody's going to tell you yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to also tell probably the server who may not have any control over what products are brought in and out. Exactly exactly but the more noise we make out there the better for sure i mean i hope that with restaurants it'll be like 10 years ago you know there was nothing vegan on the menu mm -hmm. you know they didn't even know what that was but now it's totally changed and there's these things get swept so that you know almost as a restaurateur you you can't you can't ignore it any longer kind of thing and i think that's where we need to get to where you know they're saying we have to have some options you know so 
And people are willing to pay for the options. That's the thing. I would pay the, the same amount uh, for a glass of non-alcoholic wine that I would have for alcoholic wine. Yeah. I mean, you're out there for because you're out there with friends. Mm -hmm. You're not out there because, you know, for that's the only reason you're out there. It's people getting together and you're going somewhere. So yeah. that's the main reason you're there. So that if you have something, you know, and you're and you're included again, you know, part of the group, part of you're, you're, it's just the same. It's just, do you, this person has alcohol in their glass and this person doesn't, but they're yeah. both drinking wine. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And if you just have the option on the menu, so I don't have to say, what can you make me from the bar? That's not alcoholic. And it turns into a whole production instead of just giving me a couple options, letting me choose what I want. And we can just all carry on with our dinner. Exactly. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah. before we wrap up, um, I do like to ask my uh, guests all one question, and that's what's one thing you wish you knew about sobriety before you quit drinking? Um, mm, that's, that's an interesting. Well, I guess, you know, I, I would have, I potentially would have stopped earlier i i you know before i quit it was it was so daunting to me you know based on the lifestyle that i had developed mm -hmm. um i wish i knew that i i would i was going to be stronger than i thought i was you know and i might have i might have stopped sooner you know a little bit sooner you know and even even a year of heavy drinking if you stop a year sooner you know you've you've gained so much in that year you know so I wish I, I you know, I guess I, I, I would have quit a little bit sooner if I had more confidence in myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you knew what was to come. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, David. Um, so what's the best way for anyone listening to follow along with Clear Sips, stay in the loop of future events, um, order some some non-alcoholic options? How can people sure. Find you? Well, we're we're at clearsips.ca, and um, you know, if you if you choose to um, you know join our email list, we don't we don't send out you know three a day, you know it's <laughs> it's maybe one a week or something like that. And usually we send out because there's something to say. There's a new product um, or a new blog. My uh, Margaret writes a blog, um, or it's 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 a reason. You know, it's a pretty it's mm -hmm. a good reason. So we won't over we won't over email you. Um, but we do have some some new and exciting products coming up that people you know want to be made aware of. So, yeah, clearsips.ca. It's super simple, and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can connect with some of your listeners. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me on, Keisha. This is Keisha signing off on another episode of Done With Debauchery. If you liked what you heard, please share and subscribe. You can also find me at donewithdebauchery.com or follow along on Instagram at donewithdebauchery. Thanks for listening.